you know, it's always been a city in flux. I mean, it's always been a city of transients and people moving in and out. And, you know, people were from elsewhere. And that was always fun. I mean, that was always cool. But the whole bohemianness, in my opinion, is there's still some there, obviously. I mean, it's, it's a city, but that's what it was known for. That was cartoonist Jaime Crespo. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, Jaime picks up where he left off in part one, talking about his evolution as an artist. He tells the story of his move back to San Francisco after high school and the various jobs he had here. He also talks about places he drank and saw mostly punk rock bands play back in the day. Then he dives into the art scene in the city in the 1980s and the founding of Corn Tortilla Press. Please go to their About page for more info about Jaime that we simply didn't have time to cover here. It's quite the life he's led. He ends the podcast lamenting the San Francisco that used to be, as well as imagining how the city can get its magic back. Here's Jaime. Then when I went to the Catholic school and I knew somebody that said they had the art, some girl in from that class, so we kept in touch. But it might have been Anna. But uh, um, I drew Jesus and Frankenstein and dragsters. Yes. So, yeah. When I told people that years later, they go, well, Jesus won, right? Right? <laughs> Jesus won, right? And I go, I don't know, man. Frankie had a lead foot, dude. You know? And it was already dead? Yeah. Was it pre-crucifixion Jesus? Yeah, yeah. They're just, I Well, guess. see, Frankenstein was already dead. He had that That's advantage. That's true. Well, when you think about it, they both were zombies then, right? Absolutely. I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only one had bolts in his neck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but you you had mentioned uh, one of your friends you met in art class, I think in high school. Yeah, art. Art total. So, yeah. so you must have been in, like, so you just kind of kept going with it. Was it like your thing? You kind had of, a lot of things going on, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, I have a lot of interests. I yeah. have a lot of interests. It's... um. Yeah, it's, forgive me, so I know I'm talented, I know I have some talent, you know, Sure. but that in a quarter, you can't get a fucking cup of coffee, you know what I mean, it's, it's, it really is, it doesn't, and sometimes the, this is going to sound where sometimes the voices don't shut off, Yeah. you know what I mean, like there's, I, I'd like to do something like sleep, or just, <laughs> right. I, I don't want to do this for a long time, I don't want to play any instruments, I don't even want to think about it, I just want to go do something, it's just hard, it just, Oh, but I want to, I got to do this. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, Crumb, who's, who's on the chopping block these days, but he did have a good saying about, I go crazy when I'm not drawing, but I go crazy when I'm drawing. Yeah. And it's, it's true. Um, Quick aside, why is he on the chopping block? Sorry. Oh, for his overt me, me racism, me too. Me too. Oh, and racism, okay, and misogyny. Yeah, dear, okay. dear, I feel like I'm dropping names, but right. you guys will know because it's kind of in context. Uh, Keith Knight. You know, does uh, the show Woke on Hulu, oh, yeah, yeah. and he did the K Chronicles. Yes. Keith, I met him when he first moved to the city. We're still dear friends. And Nina Paley, another cartoonist of my group, she had us, all three of us, Zoom recently. Mm-hmm. And Nina asked us both, she goes, you guys are men of color, you know, uh, what do you guys think of our crumb, you know, and, and all what's going on because of his racism and his sexism. And Keith had the best answer. He goes, well, he's the most honest mm-hmm. white guy about it. And I said, you're right. Interesting. He is. Yeah. And he's still a racist and, and, and a sexist, but I'll tell you, he could really shake a pen. He really, yeah. all of us agreed on that. It's like, dude, the guy can draw. Right. <laughs> like nobody's business. So was he an inspiration? What were, what yeah. were some of your inspirations as you're getting yeah. a little older? Oh, boy. Cartoons on TV. 
um, in those days, you know, Saturday mornings is all you had. So we had uh, the Warner Brothers stuff, you know, all the Bugs Bunny and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, the early Gumbies, mm-hmm. you know, the real when he had BBs for eyes, not the big ones, and the the real crazy synthesizer soundtracks. Some and, weird shit. Gumby, yeah. yeah. You guys missed it when we first moved in here. Every morning I go out and have my coffee, I watch the news, get the weather. And then, uh, then after she's off in her room, I go. I, I watch one Gumby. I, have to, yes. I had to get Gumbied before I started my day. <laughs> yes. so I need one Gumby and one of the old ones. So, um, yeah. So that stuff, Bullwinkle and Rocky, which I think I have right behind Michelle's head. Some of the collections. Yeah. So a lot of just TV and then comics in the newspaper. You know, which I don't even read anymore. But right. you know, it was and it was usual. Fair peanuts. Um, I liked BC. I thought Johnny Hart. I still do. Thought he was really so funny. Awesome. Uh, Wizard of Id. Mm-hmm. Um, holy beans! I'm spacing on people right now, but that's all right. Usual. But I was gonna say, um, maybe a little later, did you start finding um, the artists themselves? Like we mentioned, our crumb. But like, were right. were there others that you were kind of being inspired by or well, there looked was, up to? Yeah, when I got had ice go to L.A. Um, every summer. Well, one summer I got sent to San Diego, and it was one of the cousins. They're actually, and well, they're cousins. We call them an aunt because they're so much older. And her and her husband bought properties in the '40s and '50s, so they were like mm. landlords. Mm-hmm. And one of the places they bought, they were living in, was in a place called Cardiff by the Sea. Oh yeah, North County, San Diego. I know Cardiff. Yeah, yeah, beautiful town, right? So I get there. I'm the only brown kid for miles, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I discovered that's how I got into surfing. Okay. I mean, I went there with short hair and khakis. I came home with long hair and baggies. You know, yes. I was like, I was sold, man. This is like awesome. And uh, Surfer Magazine. And I still have the copy somewhere of um, Rick Griffin. And he did Murph the Surf. But when by the time I got there, it was like 71. So it was he was more in the psychedelic phase. And it was a two-pager that just my mind just, oh, was like, wow. I want it was wordless too. Yeah. There's all these little vignettes of like, I don't know, just amazing art. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. This is what, you know, I'd like to do this. If it's right. And Mad Magazine. That was the other oh, one. Yeah. Mad Magazine was, was, there's every cartoonist I know, superhero, uh, you know, that do, yes, anything, name it. We all meet back at Mad Magazine. Every single one. Awesome. Every single one. I was, sometimes that kid at the grocery store who would do the fold in oh yeah, yeah. on the store copy <laughs> on like, the store copy sorry yeah. everyone i have to it was like i'm too young to have any money to buy the fucking thing and my mom yeah. probably wouldn't let me buy it so i'd just be like eh. oh boobies you know yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yay. yeah when i was a kid it was uh yeah it was expensive it was like and i'm not kidding for me it was like 35 cents yeah cheap it said underneath right i was like that ain't cheap man my lunch money's 30 cents exactly so you know and i would do that on the way to junior high i wouldn't buy lunch if the new mad came out i'd buy the new mad magazine and just forego lunch i'm good yeah i'm good so um let's go back uh we covered a lot of your many interests i think not completely because yeah, but um it's okay we got into them we don't um, get into let's any go, let's go back to san francisco in <laughs> okay. the early mid 80s um ah. so what were you doing besides oh. going to those bars and punk shows uh i was work what was my first job my first job i split i worked part-time for a, i was a screen printer oh. i worked at the color machine oh the color machine part-time and uh Bill Graham's, um, what were they called? 
Winterland. Oh, okay. I worked at them, and it's funny because when I worked at Winterland, one of the guys on the line with me was this hilarious dude. We talk about fishing, and he was a musician, a bass player, and he ended up starting this band called Primus. You know, a few years later, mm-hmm. and and he was the one musician of like the twelve of us that actually did something that made it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Claypool was hilarious. He was a really nice, regular dude. You know, yeah. I think he was like from Hayward or something. I don't know, someplace. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's a sacrament and we related. <laughs> he's a winemaker now, right? Is he? He does other stuff. I think he I think yeah. he makes wine, yeah. I knew he was big into fishing when we were young. I don't know if he still is, but there you go. That was big we talked about like getting money and getting one of the commercial boats and going out. Oh, you know. That's still a dream for me. Yeah. Really? You should do that. I used to do it a lot. Sure. Yeah, I used to fish a lot back in the day. But anyway, yeah, so I used you know, had that job. What was your job at Winterland? Uh, just screen printing. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, you know, we work on a line, t-shirts for, I remember doing, why does this stick in my head? I remember doing a, uh, something for a racquetball thing, mm. and they called it Church of the Holy Rollout. So yes. I guess the rollout was a racquetball thing, so you know, make sure it's all registered. I remember the red shirts, black and white, you know, art on them, so they stood on the red shirts. I don't know why I remember that. I remember us doing nylons. Nylon stockings, and we did like little hearts or something, or some little cutesy huh. thing. Yeah, I don't know whose idea that was. They probably sold. a man's. Probably. Let's, yeah. let's go with a man. They, they sold, and then from there I got fired. One, one, one. It just the uh, Winterland was. Uh, it would slow down, so I was back at the color machine, and I got fired because I don't know. I think I got too drunk the night before mm. the punk show and didn't know I was working the next day. Because I'm usually pretty good with jobs. I was always like, you know, because I knew where the money came from. Right. But um. Yeah, I remember I got fired. So then I went about a week without a job. Then a friend of a friend called saying there's this dude. I'm not going to mention his name because I still don't really like him. But he had a, a guitar manufacturing parts. And he just made pit guards at this point, you mm-hmm. know, going Stratocasters mm-hmm. on. So I was his first machinist in the Richmond, like on 3rd at California, in his garage. I set up, you know, how we, how we figured out how to put the routers in. He had this big packing crate. I was like, oh, wait, we can use this. And... You know, cause that's growing up in Sacramento as a brown kid. The DIY thing was, it wasn't hip as your broke. It's just how you work. Yeah, yeah how, how you live. Broke, yeah. man. Art yeah. and I, our band, man, we made half of our equipment, our, our PA speakers. Wow, awesome. Yeah, we just, you know, a lot of thrift stores and shit people are throwing out. Um, yeah. Sorry, so, quickly, when you worked at Winterland, did you get to go to shows for free? Uh, was I think Winterland was closed at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah, so because I only I went to the actual Winterland once in the seventies, when just before it closed, and of all things, I went to a dead show. Okay, I was taken to a dead show. Okay, so that was uh, an experience. Was uh, I, I? I'm forgetting the timeline, but the Mab was that later? The Mab was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did I you was, go there a lot? Yeah, I played yeah. there, hung out oh, there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the on Broadway was upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Minutemen. I got. I was in a yeah. band, one of the forgetful punk bands, and uh, we opened for them. Yes. And I got to. They're really nice guys, you mm-hmm. know. Mike and Boone was just Boone, awesome. Yeah. He was smoking up some kids' pot. I remember it was oh, really good. funny. Yeah. And then the next time they came through, I think it was at the On Broadway. I wasn't playing that night, so I just got on my skate and you know I bought a pint of beer and or a quart and drank it outside with some friends and went in and you know there's like that's 
the funny thing there's probably 45 or 50 of us there because mm-hmm. i'm we're trying to get people to go like hey man minimum are playing on broadway you want to go and i'm gonna be like no nah, i don't really like them i don't really like them <laughs> right. so i'm like ah oh, shit you're losing out all right whatever so i went had a great time talk guys afterwards hey it's that dude hey what's going on man you know and then because they hang out you know and then mm-hmm. we went home i remember skate through chinatown and it was yes. like just almost pitch black and i'm kind of like a just like a Tuesday night, right? And I'm going, oh, God, I got to get to bed because I got to work in the morning. Were you drunk? Oh, yeah, of yes. course. Yes. Yeah, and then I was 20, whatever. And yes. um, yeah, so anyway, but my point of that is, is now years later, you know, the people I knew back then that I still see around, like, oh, yeah, I was at that show. Yeah, I was at the show. It's like all the people, there's probably, it didn't hold 5,000 people. Right, right. You know, but everybody was at that show all of a sudden. Yep. You know, like I said, back in the day, you weren't thinking, like, this is going to be historic. Right. This is, you're just like, oh, cool, there's a punk show this week. Right. It's just you something know? cool. Right. To yeah. Do. I want to go do this and I'm going to go do it because then the next night you might go to a friend's and watch a hokey movie or. You know what I mean? Or go work on comics or go have your own gig at somebody's, you know, basement or something. Yeah. It was just one of the things in the week. So, um, how, I should have asked this before we started. Here we are. Um, how long did you live in the city? Like when did, when did you leave the city? Would that have uh, been the nineties? Yeah. I left okay. in 1992. Okay, we'll get to that. Okay, because I, I, I want to okay. talk about the rest of your time okay. in San Francisco. Okay. This is good shit. Okay. Um, any other stories you want to? I have some questions, but any other stories you want to? Oh, there's a zillion stories. Like yeah. we were talking about street art with certain people, and I was doing it back then. But mine, it was so I was so paranoid back then about being caught, and I was caught, and had to wash cop cars for a couple of weekends. Mm. But one of the things I did, I did get caught, and this is how you're gonna go, man. I mean, you're so like paranoid. I found a Macy's shopping bag. I don't know how I got this idea, probably at work, and another shopping bag, like a department store. Mm-hmm. And I cut a piece of wood so I could put it to cut and put the piece of wood on an old mic stand mm-hmm. so it could be just like a brace. And I put the bag upside or just on it upside down and drew a picture of Frankenstein and then cut it out with an X-Acto knife and did copy that onto the next one, then did the inside. Yes. So what I did is I wore this. I'm laughing at how hokey I was. I, I went and found, I don't know how, the gloves you wash dishes with, mm-hmm. like blue or yellow. I think I had yellow ones. And I had those on. Mm-hmm. And I had a black can in one and a lime green can in another bag. And I'd walk around San Francisco and on the sidewalks. And I'd stop and then I'd do the yellow do the green yes. one and then switch them and then do the black one they kind of oh, register almost oh my god and then walk away you know like, i love it like nobody hear me over there going yeah you know but the things you think of you know i mean do you think people would have been like when they see it they're like oh it's Jaime. Oh, I didn't care. I just wanted people i'm this way to this day i just walk around and see stuff going oh that's cool that right. made my day. Right. You know, I don't go, go oh, was that Finch? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't I don't give a fuck, you know, who did it. I right. just want to see it, you know. Then when you start seeing a lot of them around, you're going, oh, this person is very prolific. Oh, right. I see they got a style or or whatever. But in those days, in those days, it was like the wild style was coming in, the pieces, uh, and the mission in places. You had placas, you know, placasos, which I did in Sacramento, you know, tag names, the roll calls, you mm-hmm. know, puppets, sleepy, also, all that. Yeah. And, uh. That was about it. You know, you didn't see too much. You'd see some wheat paste art, 
mm-hmm. and so forth. And um, like political. Yeah. Oh yeah. I Especially remember back the then the Reagan big, days. Yeah, the Reagan days yeah. and bloody. I remember the first one saw "Keep Your Bloody Hands Off of El Salvador," mm-hmm. and somebody did a bunch of you know eight and a half by eleven yellow paper with black writing, but the hands they did in red and they were dripping. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, and they put them on poles. I remember they're on the light posts up and down to visit Darrow, and they were in the mission. And, and on Market Street, too. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. When did you start doing comics, your own comics? Uh, that I started in high school. Okay. Because that guy, Art, I hung out with, um, who was a year older than me, but he actually had facial hair. Oh. And this is hokey, too. Back then, you couldn't buy underground comics if you were under 18 years old. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's, okay. It's like sure. kids in my neighbor can go get you a gun right now, but up oh, right. can't get the Freak Brothers. Sorry. Right. You know. Right. And uh, so Art, though, he looked the age, so we'd get on our bikes and ride over to the comic or the head shop, mm-hmm. and then he'd go in and he'd buy two of everything. I'd yes. get my money and I'd watch the bikes. Love it. Yeah, and that's how we So he had the, you had the problem of looking too young. He had the opposite problem where he pulled it yeah. off. One of our mutual yeah. friends I met through him said, yeah, when I first met Art was in junior high, and I walked in the class, and I looked down and saw this guy with a beard and glasses. So I said, <laughs> uh, what, is this class start, like, whatever? And Art looked up, like, I'm a student, man. I, yeah. yeah. I'm eighth grade. I'm an eighth grader. I work yeah. here. <laughs> That's funny. You guys didn't have to do the like one on each other's shoulders with the trench coat. No, to, yeah. no. But it was kind of a, it was kind of a way. A version of that. Yeah, yeah. A slight version. I love it. That's... But I discovered punk rock with that guy. I discovered underground comics through him. We discovered jazz together, like like John Coltrane series mm-hmm, jazz, mm-hmm. no wave music. He's a phenomenal musician and a great painter. And truly, I met him at a, at a perfect time in my life. He probably saved my life. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he tried to talk me out of sports. And, eh, you know, I kind of backed off on some of it. But he did talk me out of all the other nefarious activities. I was hanging out with these other, we'll just call them the after-school activities group. <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, he really made it worth it because we, we really had a lot of fun together. And I can't thank him enough. And I became part of his family, literally, because he's one of six kids and he's the only boy. Hmm. And his dad's like hardcore chauvinist from Mexico. So oh, perfecto, love me. Oh, hi, misito. You know, he loved yeah. me. And he's with Art. It's almost like with his sisters. He's like Ho- like uh, Hopi, you know, Esperanza. We called her Hopi, Rosella, all them. He would be like, you know, oh, here's a quarter for you girls. Art, here's here's a BB gun. Right. You know, <laughs> here, girls, here's 50 cents. All right, here's a go-kart, whatever. I don't know. Oh, my but, God. Yeah, so, so I was the other Art, you know. So. Did you so art? You knew art from Sacramento. Is that Went right? to high school together. Okay, we actually met skateboarding first, but we only talked for a minute. And then um, I went to the suburban high school to play baseball for one semester. Could not hang. Yeah. I was not mature enough. It was very intimidating. Yeah, affluent neighborhood. I mean, the kids took me to a party out there, and a some of the guys were kind of making fun of me because I got dressed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got there and everybody's oh, for wearing, the party. Yeah, and everybody's wearing flannel. All the guys are all wearing flannels, standing by a keg. Yeah. The girls liked it because they were dressed up. <laughs> but I was ready. Like, where's the food? You know, when are we gonna dance? I mean, what's going on? I'm listening to Van Halen. You know, you guys yeah. got any? You know, Gap Band or something? You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, well, Parliament at least. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I met him there. Oh, oh then I went to the, the, the regular high school I was supposed to go to, and I walk into the art room, and I, they had tables in there, right? And as mm-hmm. I just walk in, this dude with glasses, and he's doing something. He looks up at me, and I look at him. We both pointed, and he goes, I know you. I go, yeah, you skate. And I sat next to him, been friends ever since. Awesome. Ever since. We're just like two little peas in the pod. Awesome. Yeah. 
before we were recording, you mentioned uh, that you kept playing baseball. Did you do some of that in the city then, or? Yeah, yeah, I played out there, Golden Gate Park at whatever the field's called now. On like um, in like an amateur league or something. Yeah, or... I'm in senior baseball league. You know, okay. I played in the the over twenties. Um, when I was in Marin, I filled in sometimes for guys in the, well, actually the the over thirties, and then some of my friends were older. I actually played three games in a 50 league when I was like 40 and man, it was just too slow. Yeah. It really was at that time for me. Now I'd be just right. (laughs) But (laughs) Then it was like, Oh boy. You know, they were like, Oh, what's this guy doing here? You know? Yeah. So anyway, for people who don't, who aren't familiar with you and your art, like, Hmm. so were you like publishing your own stuff? Were you getting published? Like how did that all work? Well, in high school art and I would do, you know, a thousand ideas and yeah. doodling them every second of the day. My first published one happened in the summer or fall, fall of 1980. Okay. And I don't remember which, but it was one of the two alternative papers up there. I don't remember which one though. And I did three, one panel card. Well, I did one picture for some specific story, but it had to be humorous. And I did, mm-hmm. did that. And then I did two one panel cartoons and I can't, they were terrible. I mean, when I think back, but they paid me, and I remember I made for all three like thirty bucks or something. Or I was like, "Ooh, righteous bucks!" You know, I got I'm now a pro. You know, yeah. And then I started doing a, a local music shop had a big uh, catalog they'd put out every month, like what's on sale. So you just you know cut and paste. You know, the, the Vox, you know, thirty amp and the da 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 da, or these drums. And mm-hmm. so then I got I was let. You know, you can do all your cartoons in there too, and so I would do that, and they paid me for that. And I probably made forty-five bucks or something. I don't know, yeah. but still, you know. So that's so for This is my forty-first year in in being a published cartoonist. Wow! Shit! Yeah. Congratulations! So, thanks, thanks. That's yeah. all. Is that the thing you've done the longest besides breathe and eat and all that? Uh, yeah, music that because I did stop drawing for oof, four and a half years or so. I mean, when I was married. Had a young child. Mm. I was working as a union stagehand at the Oakland Coliseum and Arena, and I was going back to college. Mm, okay. So it's something I had to give. Yeah, brief and, little uh, pause. Yeah. So I didn't know it was going to be five years. And the interesting part is the person that got on the phone and called me was Harvey Picar. Okay. Where dear friends were. And uh, he called me and said, what are you doing? How come you're not drawing? What are you, I hear you're just working. Or something. I go, Harvey, I got a house payment, bro. You know, yeah. they didn't make a movie about me. You know? <laughs> so, and that even, even he goes, oh, do you, have you seen it yet? And I go, no. And he gets all silent. And he goes, what do you work 24 hours a day? I go, well, no, there's no 24 hour theaters either, Harvey. You know, we would bicker, but yeah. Yeah. I, what a, what a wonderful guy. Everybody always said, well, how grumpy he was and stuff. And he was always encouraging and my ex-wife's from Detroit, so I used to go out there, and twice I borrowed my brother-in-law's pickup and drove down to, to uh, Cleveland to see him. So it nice. was nice. Yeah, I remember buying a lunch. Because he, he, I don't think his hand even waved by his wallet. Mm. <laughs> it was just kind of like, oh, you get it. So, yeah. Oh, okay. One and done. Yeah. <laughs> Great guy, though. Um, Great guy. I lied when I said I don't have any questions. Uh, okay. I noticed when, I think in your email... Corn Tortilla Press? Yes. Can you tell us what that is? So, yeah, I thought of, um, I don't know, uh, staples. You know, staple food, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of my culture. Mm-hmm. So I was going to go fry bread, but I thought, ah, I don't like the sound of I love fry bread, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know this, how it sounds. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, a tortilla or corn tortilla. Yeah, Corn Tortilla Press. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Because mm-hmm. my friend Frank Stoff, who used to do a great 
newspaper in San Francisco. He was my age. He just passed away a couple of years ago. I just found out too. Mm. Um, we had a press too called Any Idiot Press. Mm. So we thought that was kind of funny. That is a good name. So, um, but yeah, I just thought, yeah, that would be kind of nice. It's just like a staple thing. And then I named the comic book Tortilla. So And so Corn Tortilla is yours. Yeah. And you do you publish other no, it's just that, you. Just I did have the intent though, and I still might. You know, okay. like if somebody has something little, I might. You know, go yeah, sure. If you want to put it under my aegis and all, you know, big cigar, and I'll take all the money. Because <laughs> there's millions in comics. Let me tell you, right? <laughs> Jeez, yeah. make enough money to go to Seven Eleven and buy you a Slim Jim. You know, <laughs> so I have to steal the other stuff. So, um, yeah. So that was all mine. I want to. I know you don't live in the city anymore. Nope. But we this year our theme is we're still here, mm-hmm. and it's kind of speaking to we've talked about touched on it a little bit the changes that San Francisco mm-hmm. is always going through them. But we feel like we're at a point now, especially with the pandemic and mm-hmm. some of the changes that are happening around that, that we could be reversing some of those bad trends and right. hopefully come out you know with a, something better. What are your thoughts on San Francisco? now maybe looking into the future a little bit <laughs> oh and honesty is it's encouraged yeah jeez you could just leave it at that <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much it's it's you know it's always been a city in flux mm-hmm. i mean it's always been a city of transients and people moving in and out and you know people were from elsewhere and that was always fun i mean it was always cool um but the whole bohemianness, in my opinion, is there's still some there. Obviously, I mean, it's it's a city, but that's what it was known for. Right. It wasn't known for you know fucking Twitter or something like that. You know, like underground cartoonists. Mm-hmm. You know, I was fortunate enough to be part of the second wave. You know, mm-hmm. the guys like Crumb and all them all started there in a ten year period, mid sixties to mid seventies, and I was there for the mid eighties to the mid nineties. Okay. You know, I was part of all that. So yeah. you know, you didn't have that anymore. Now it's like, you know, I guess the golden era of apps or something. <laughs> and and even those people are leaving now because, yeah. you know, it's too expensive. You know? And my son and I were kind of debating this one day about how um you can't really blame all the people. I go, yeah, but they're paying for it. They're still willing to shell out and kind of encourage, you know, this greedy behavior by certain landlords and stuff like that. And the whole yeah. culture is being so. I don't know. I mean, it's gone. It's it's gone. Like when I lived there, and I'm not. I hope I'm not sounding like the. Oh, back in my day, we had sticks and rocks, and we made her. But you know, back in my day, and even not that long ago, deals were to be had mm-hmm. on food entertainment you know lodging clothes mm-hmm. there was always deals to be had mm-hmm. i mean jesus christ i remember michelle shocked when she was there in the punk scene i remember giving her half my burrito she was squatting in some yeah. building she goes oh i'm sorry i can give you money for this are you go you kidding me it cost me 350 i love you know, it it was like the size of your head you know i was gonna say half a burrito is a meal yeah exactly Boom. yeah exactly i don't know why i dropped her name but i just popped in my head that there's somebody that you know she was squatting, but you could do that then and still live comfortably. Right. You know what I mean? It was, uh, there was just stuff to be had. It was a little bit more fun, I think. So I don't know, but now it's, it's, I don't know. I went through the, the mid of the pandemic. We, we went over and it just seemed like a ghost town. We're like on a Thursday or a Friday afternoon. Yeah. It's like nobody around. Yeah. And before I moved, I used to work in the design 
uh, I don't even think there's even a design district anymore. Ish, ish. ish. Like right. over by the freeway, kind of that. Well, yeah, area? Well, where the Embarcadero Freeway used to be, it was right next to the financial district. Right. I was on San Summit Pacific. I worked for a design oh, wow. firm that was there for a while. Mm-hmm. I just lucked into it. Mm-hmm. I was like the the cop. I did all the. I was the utility infielder. Okay. You know, I did <laughs> like photostats, chroma teching, right. you know, whatever. It was all for packaging, and it was just before computers came in, so you used waxers and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 So that's what I did back then. Um, you did spend a significant chunk of your life there. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to play therapist, given what you've said for a minute. <laughs> I look like, lay down. Like, no, I mean, honestly, like, how does that make you feel? You you feel like San Francisco is, is lost, like... Sort of, sort of. Do you hold out any hope of a uh, renaissance or something? Not in my lifetime. Yeah. It could happen, but yeah. I don't think it'll happen in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, every time I go out towards the water here, ride my bike around, I see that goddamn elote building, oh, God. that thing in the yeah. middle. Is the butt all, plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> you know, we drove in, you know, just this week and we moved to Amy's son is now living over on, on one of the streets in the mission and we, I drove him in my truck over there mm-hmm. and we're looking going over the Bay Bridge I can't remember the last time I went over that and just all the buildings that are there mm-hmm. you know and of course Coca-Cola sign's gone and the big oh. 76 monolith that had the time and that's gone you know and you can't smell I was telling them in the old days even up until the 80s late 80s you can come over the Bay Bridge and you can still smell the coffee from the Hills Brothers yeah, yeah. building down there you can smell it on the freeway you know my mom used to love that you know yeah. Oh, this coffee smells so good. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's just the way things are. And 50 years from now, you know, there's going to be people doing this going, you know, what do you miss about, you know, the San Francisco? Yeah, I miss all the apps and as you could do, you know. And I miss all those little honey bears that were just everywhere. Oh, man, you know, I just couldn't get enough of that one-dimensional little, you know, ass clown little character there. It's It was... You know, made by Mattel. That was Jaime Crespo. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, you'll get to know singer Tara de Molan. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 150 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, subscribe, rate, and review our show so we can reach even more folks. And if you'd like to drop us an old-fashioned email, we'd love that. The address is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay strong, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.